I'm DM Sarah, and you are listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris and Peter are joined by Caesar Kapakla to talk about Starlight Riders and crowdfunding role-playing games in Latin American countries. In the news, Wizards of the Coast registers Atomic Arcade trademark, the new Dragonlance novel appears briefly on Amazon, previews of the new D&D adventure for Strixhaven, the G4 Dungeons & Dragons show details have been officially announced, and more! Plus, our favorite game in all the world and a brand new sketch about planning birthdays for an evil overlord. This week on Morse's Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. This podcast is sponsored by Morris Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Hang on. This is Morris Unofficial Tabletop RPG Talk. Is it sponsoring itself? But why? We're stuck in some sort of recursive loop, trapped in an infinite void of mirrors spiraling through eternity in an increasingly self-referential abyss, cursed to... Uh, oh, oh, it's just a typo. Never mind. All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, a.k.a. Morris, or Morris, a.k.a. Russ. And with me this week is... Peace Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Role Players. Russ has ever... It is a total delight to be here. Who have you brought with you this week, Peter? I have brought an amazingly talented game designer who from Brazil who designs in both English and Portuguese. His name's Cesar Capacle, and his latest game is Starlight Riders. Is that right, Cesar? That's correct. Thanks for having me. Hello and Delighted welcome to the show. Time. Yeah. Right then. So we got plenty, plenty to talk about. But before we do that, shall we jump into some RPG news? Oh, go on. Because there's lots of RPG news this week as well. Oh, exciting. So, you know how the guess the Kickstarter game works where, you know, I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. No. I'm going to give you a name of something. And I wanted to see what you think it, I'm, I'm hoping you haven't heard of this, but you may, you may have heard it, the news in the last day or two. But if I said the words atomic arcade to you, what, what springs to mind? Hmm. Mm, for me, I'd be sort of vibing on some sort of 19, late 50s, early 60s, uh, sort of game where it's like really delving into our friend the atom, better living through chemistry, that sort of Eisenhower era sort of jazz and, I'd be also hoping for um maybe like an arcade style game where you've got <laughs> like you know just yeah like a really old fashioned video arcade. It's a very retro name though, isn't it? It's super yeah, 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 yeah. That would be my guess. Something from the eighties, I would guess, an <laughs> yeah. arcade from the eighties. So what yeah. this is is Wizards of the Coast, producers of D and D, have recently, as in last month, applied for a trademark, the US trademark office people thing yes. for the words Atomic Arcade. So that was made in October. So said, what on earth could that be? So you dive into the trademark and find out what they what it allegedly covers, what it supposedly covers, okay. and this is what it covers. So okay. downloadable electronic games mm-hmm. to be used in connection with computers, console gaming devices, and wireless devices, fantasy role-playing games, board mm-hmm. games, trading card games, and collectible yeah. toy figures entertainment services, 
uh, online computer games and interact multiplayer online computer games via a global network. Interesting. Uh, specifically, <laughs> Wizards has part of... I mean, Hasbro obviously covers like a lot of that yeah, no, Wizards of the Coast specifically, yeah. yeah. Hmm. Is that a, like a, a new company? Maybe? Uh, it's, I mean, it's literally just the words. It could be. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it could be. Yeah, um, like some sort of augmented reality or virtual reality support for existing products. Yeah, I mean, right. we know well, they're going for like a digital Dungeons and Dragons. So yeah, they're going they're for that like, big virtual tabletop, 3D graphically rich virtual tab- tabletop thing they were showing pictures off of earlier this year. Yeah, I'm no. wondering if that's it. Yeah, no idea. I don't know. Know. Sounds interesting. I don't know that I, if that is it. I don't know that I would call it Atomic Arcade, but um. yeah. well, with respect for us, you've got like a couple of hundred million dollars worth of Wizards of the Coast out. Yeah. This I is can, this is. I can see a uh, pixel art for the logo of Atomic Arcade almost. Yeah, yes. right. Hmm. You'd see yeah. it. Really pixely, really retro. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We, we know what the logo should look like. We'll see what they come up with. Eh? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, it might be like nothing to do with D&D at all. Yeah. yeah. It might be they're doing a new game. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Maybe. But it's just that, you know, they are. They have been talking about virtual tabletops and mm-hmm. we've got the 50th anniversary coming up and a sort of new edition and oh, no, I can't help but think that all of this is tied in together in some way. What what was what I, I saw someone from the screen rant, they did this amazing review of Level Up and they were saying it wasn't a new edition, it was like a a mid edition revision. Yeah. <laughs> you know what? Wait. I dreamed last night that they announced yeah? a D and D five point five. Can you believe that? And, uh, <laughs> and there was a, a focus on uh, augmented reality and three D stuff. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the thing is that you say that that doesn't Precise. sound far fetched. I, yeah. I could sort yeah. of see them doing that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah maybe. Well, I don't know. I mean, all we can it, do at this stage is guess, I guess. Yeah, speculate wildly. Yeah. Our favourite activity, perfect for a news program. Yeah, there's, not, there's nothing like a spot of speculation to liven the day up, is there? Wild, uninformed speculation. Thank Completely you uninformed much. speculation. Yeah, yeah. Yes. How you're okay. <laughs> Okay, well, let's move on to some slightly less uninformed speculation oh, and actually okay. read some actual words that are on a page. What? Craziness. Go on, what have you got? So, briefly, and it's gone now, an Amazon Kindle page popped up for Margaret Wise and Tracy Hickman's new Dragonlance novel, Ooh. Dragons of Deceit. Yes. Did you manage to get your pre-order in? <laughs> <laughs> so, it's got release date of August the 9th, 2022. Yeah. So if you remember, there was an old Amazon page for it, and it was supposed to be July 2021. Mm-hmm. But there was all that legal hassle, and there was that yeah, lawsuit, yeah, yeah. and there's been a pandemic, and there's all sorts of stuff been going on. So, you know. But anyway, mm-hmm. August 9th, 2022. The thing is, there was the cover blurb, the back the description of the book, Ooh. which is interesting. So here we go. So Destina Rosethorn. Mm-hmm. As her name implies, believes herself to be very much a favoured child of destiny. Mm-hmm. But when her father dies in the War of the Lance, her carefully constructed world comes crashing down. Not only does she lose her beloved father, but the legacy he has left her, a wealthy fiancé and rule over the family lands and castle, 
With nothing left in the world to support her but wits and determination, she hatches a bold plan to secure the device of time journeying she read about in one of her father's books and prevent her father's death. The last known holder of the device was one of the heroes of the Lance, the free-spirited kender Tasselhoff Burford. But when Destina arrives in Solace, home not only to Taz, but also to fellow heroes Caramon and Tika Magia, she sets into motion a chain of events more deadly than she had ever anticipated, one that could change not only her personal history, but the fate of the entire world, allowing a previously defeated evil to once again gain ascendancy. Hmm. Sounds fun. <laughs> time <laughs> travel, Dragon Eyes more di- yes. yes. Reboot, maybe? Time travel, JJ Abrams style soft reboot? Oh, yeah, maybe. Just go and say, actually, we'd quite like to revisit Dragonlance and uh, do it differently. Hey! Mm, yeah. yeah. I mean, are you, are you a Dragonlance fan, uh, fan Cesar? I never had read anything of that. I, never I just read uh, it. I, I know by, like, things that I people share online, and yeah, uh, so, yeah, yeah, I'm not very familiar with this Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I don't know how well it's aged to revisit now. When's the last yeah. time? Yeah. When's the last <laughs> time you read it, Peter? I started rereading the, like, the first three books. Mm. I got about as far as Dragons of Winter Night, and I was like, mm, I'm okay. I to do something else. <laughs> that was last year. <laughs> But yeah. it, to be fair, when I, when I read it back when I was much younger, I did very much enjoy it. So, yeah. Yeah, but how old were you then? About 13, 14. Right, right. So, yeah. Right. This is like decades ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's 30, 40 years ago, isn't it, Peter? <laughs> 40 years ago. <laughs> Get off my lawn. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm excited about this. I mean, I, I'm a Dragonlance fan. I, I'll, I'll be picking that book up. I'll be reading that. I, I gotta say, like, I haven't read any Dragonlance books for absolutely ages, but mm. this one does sound like one that might be fun to pick up because I sort of know like those older characters like Taz and Karen and Tika. Mm. So. And Solas is vaguely familiar, so like jumping back into it and see where it goes could be quite. This could be quite a good uh, hopping on point if you mm. just want to dabble your toes in the water, maybe. Yeah, yeah, that was that was my question. Reading the blurb, mm. do you believe that for a person like me that never ha- read anything before would mm. be a good, I don't know, hopping on point to yeah. get to learn a little I bit? Guess so. I, 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 I guess so. I guess it'd be a good story that happens to be set in the Dragonlance universe mm-hmm. rather than a book that you should read because it's in Dragonlance and you read all things Dragonlance if you right. see what I mean. Yeah, yeah. See, yeah. Oh, yeah. I am I am getting J.J. Abrams' Star Trek reboot vibes from that description. Mm-hmm. Soft, soft alternate timeline reboot. Yeah. And, and, and so that, that would make it a good jumping on point, I think. I don't know. Yeah. Guessing. Yeah. Uh, I, I would be surprised. I think there's probably stuff that if you've read if you if you're really in depth in the lore, then there'll probably be stuff you'll be like, oh that's really cool. Mm. Uh like little Easter eggs thrown in, but I would think this is supposed to be quite an accessible one. Right. Again, based on your report on the description of a book. <laughs> <laughs> what I will say, that description I was reading it out, it was filled with typos. Oh is it? Which okay. is a bit weird. Like yeah, there was well, like four they, or five they, like glaring typos in that description. Ah, maybe it actually is the case that 
this wasn't supposed to be visible to the public. It's actually an honest error, yeah, yeah. Mm. As opposed to the, oh no, our beautifully displayed book has become available for you to look at. Oh, what a show. We'll take it away now. No. I'll take chance to look. <laughs> yeah. Hey, uh, Strixhaven. Yes. A curriculum of chaos coming out very soon, this month. Yes, yes. I can't believe it's not Harry Potter for the... the <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so Wizards released this sort of overview stroke teaser sort of guide video mm-hmm. to the book. Yes. Uh, and uh, it covers a whole bunch of stuff, kind of briefly. It's about five minutes mm-hmm. long. Um, yeah. So the adventure um, has adventures from levels one to ten, mm-hmm. uncovering a plot against the university. Mm-hmm. Um, they teased activities, university activities like tavern games, a magical frog race, an Ooh. improv festival, a whole bunch of social encounters, mm. um, mechanisms by which you could take exams to improve your skills. Why, why would you do right. this? <laughs> <laughs> you can join clubs. Okay. You can get jobs, apparently. <sighs> Yeah, I'm seeing like say, I mean, what do you what do you make of this, Cesar? I'm sort of yeah. Bit... I've uh, I've read about it uh, mm. a few days ago, and uh, you know, it's some part of role playing playing games that I'm attracted mm. to. But mm-hmm. uh, Dungeons and Dragons wouldn't be my choice to experience those kinds of stories. Mm. Really, mm. I don't, I don't mm. think you have to hammer on the system too much to yeah. to deliver the, those kinds of experiences and mm. I think yeah. there are systems that are maybe are a little bit better suited for, yeah. for that yeah maybe yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I agree yeah. with that I yeah. Think, I, I, yeah I hear what you're saying it's like if I'm thinking I want to play a sort of a slice of life role playing game exactly maybe with a fantastical twist I'm probably not going to break out my d20s mm. yeah yeah, like, yeah, but but j- j- just call me off. I think there's like stuff that might support it better. But I guess if you're if you've got the group that's invested, maybe it's good and you can yeah. do stuff with that. Well, I guess the other side of that is also I think wizards are trying to expand what you use D and D for and attract younger players as well. Mm-hmm. So things like um, Wild Beyond the Witchlight mm. and this, I think, are both yeah. kind of targeted at younger audiences because yeah. you know. Yeah. You know, when I started playing playing D and D, I was what, 12, 11, 12, mm-hmm. You know, and that's the that's, and, I'm, and I'm still playing it now. Mm. So that's what you, what they want to do. They want to get people in when they're eleven or twelve, and hopefully they'll become lifetime gamers. Yeah, I guess it's I mean, not yeah. about it. Yeah, that's a strategic point. Uh, it's a yeah. company, yeah. right? So yeah, oh, we have yeah. to uh, read their decisions on, on releases based mm. on market. It's different when we talk about indie games. Really, no, I want people to have this kind of experience. Yeah. It's a large yeah. company. They they want what kind of new co- customers, right? The new new public they are aiming for. So yeah, it makes sense uh, yeah. to think they are aiming for a different group of yeah. players. Yeah, yeah. Right, it is. <laughs> yeah. And, and like, yeah, I, like I, I always said, not every D and D book, not every D and D book has to be for me. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Some of it can right, be right. for. Yeah, yeah, a different exactly. audience. Yeah. Not, not, that, not that I dislike the idea of this at all. I think it's quite fun, but, um, yeah. you know. It's, it's probably the right setting if you're going to go for it, I think. Magic yeah. school. Hmm. Um, but yeah, it's just. I'll read it. 
That's for sure. Yeah. It's got a magic hour on the cover. So I'm it has got a magic hour on the cover. So there's yeah. a little bit more information. It's got a vestry mm-hmm. of over 40 new creatures in it. Mm-hmm. And there's a, a bunch of locations in it. So there's uh, something called the uh, Biblioplex. Like a library, yeah. Uh, it contains most of the information in the multiverse. A very big library. A very right. big library, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah. yeah. A mega um, library. Uh, there's uh, Captain Dapplewing's Manor, which is a mansion mm-hmm. built for the university professors. And one of the adventures, because it's like an anthology adventures, which you can play oh, okay. or or not. They're, they're quite liking those, aren't they? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Yeah, they were talking about how they were sort of designing more in bite-sized chunks recently, weren't they, if mm. you recall? Yeah. Um, just because, like, most people tend to play in sort of two or three-hour slots these days. Okay, yeah. And also because streaming is a lot more suited yeah. towards bite-sized yeah. chunks. That's fair. Mm. Okay. So anyway, one adventure has the PCs breaking into this manor. Mm-hmm. And uh, another adventure involves the main Strixhaven student sport, which is called Mage Tower. Mage Tower. And when you look at a picture of it, well, let's just say it looks an awful lot like Quidditch. There's <laughs> 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 this, this arena, um, and then there's these towers in it, and then you can just see, it's just like a isometric view from far above, and mm-hmm. you can just see what presumably are wizards flying around inside this arena, and glows of light as they do different stuff. So, Like, wizards flying around on brooms. Are they flying on broomsticks? I can't quite make that out. Oh. Let, me give you, let me give you a link, and you can have a look, and you can decide for yourself whether they're flying on brooms. Oh, I like the art they've got for this. It's quite friendly. But it is super British. It is, isn't it? <laughs> oh, they've got an elephant person. Yeah, yeah, they do indeed. They have an elephant person. Yeah, they look like they're getting on brooms, don't they? Yeah. 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 Oh, yeah, yeah. Or, right, okay. Yeah. 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 It is, Harry, it, is, it is Harry Potter D&D, isn't it? it? It's, it's legally no, distinct in many important ways. Yeah. <laughs> 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 that was kind of fun. Yeah, that sounds good. Unusual. Not Grimdark, which I heartily approve of. Mm. I've, had too many, I've had too much Grimdark in my role-playing games lately. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so, what else have we got? So, this is coming out December the 7th. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's basically it. That's it. Okay. Coming out December yeah. 7th, and they released that video with that information. Alrighty. Yeah. Sounds good. Yeah. Anything else? Uh, let's have a look. There's got to be some more news. Oh, invitation to party. I'm listening. Would you like an invitation to party? Yes. Do you need an invitation to party? <laughs> Not really, but it's always black. <laughs> yeah. It's always good to have one. Precisely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, do you remember G4? Announced that they were going to be that's like a, an American oh, with a esports channel. Cha- it's an esports yeah. channel. They transferred to esports. They did the um, they did that bigger like hoorah that they had. Yeah, and so um, they announced that they were making a D and D show, which was going to be streamed and then shown on G4 TV. Which is mm. I'm still not 100 percent sure what G4 TV is. It's some kind of digital. Some sort of TV station, perhaps. Something. To, I don't, I'm not sure, but you can, you, you, I think I think probably you have to be in the US to access it. I guess I don't know. But okay. anyway, anyway. Um, so um, they've announced the name of their show. Yes, it's called Invitation to Party. Mm-hmm. Um, it uh, it features B. Dave Waters as the dungeon master. 
And the players, okay. I'm not familiar with these people, but uh, Cass M, I'm going to mangle their names as well. I'm going to feel terrible about it. How's your way? Yeah. Yes. Cass M uh, Garabe, uh, Fiona Nova, Indiana Black. I could do Indiana Black. That's an easy one. And, yeah. and Ify Noadiwi. I do apologize this could be to those people. <laughs> I really do. You're trying your best. <laughs> we understand. Yeah. That's not. Yeah, okay. So that sounds uh, interesting. Yeah. So the marketing is television's first program dedicated to tabletop gaming. Okay. Hmm. That could well be true for all I know. Oh, uh, yeah. I mean, could, could be. Unless you count chess. It's uh, real. Yeah. And poker. Very true. That is tabletop gaming. Although tabletop role-playing games would probably have been... Yeah. yeah. But um, it starts on Friday, November the 19th. Mm-hmm. And that will be on their Twitch and YouTube channels. And then the following Monday is broadcast on their cable and satellite network. Right. So it's going out on YouTube first. It's going on YouTube and Twitch streamed on the Friday. Yeah. And then they're going to put it out on cable and satellite. On the Monday, the following Monday. Right. That's interesting. So you said tabletop RPGs or tabletop games in general? Well, they said tabletop gaming is what they said. Right. And they've announced... Uh, D&D, I assume, mm. I assume, D&D party. So, yeah, I guess we'll see what they mean by that. Yeah. <laughs> and, that and I guess that also tells us about G4, because they have cable and satellite power. And they're like, yeah, but we'll go play out on YouTube first, guys. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah the, the thing is, though, I bet, I bet online stuff probably gets as many viewers as cable stuff does these days. Or I would have thought. I honestly could tell you. Mm. I appreciate the efforts to try and reach to a different audience, but mm. uh, hearing that they plan to release on YouTube and Twitch first tells me that they know what kind of audience they might have first, yeah. and then maybe expand to a different uh, different people, right? Yeah. yeah. Well, we'll find out, I guess. Friday, yeah. November the 19th. So, so next, next week? That's week next, next week. Next week. Yeah. Next, ooh. Yeah. Or well, maybe if we get the times right, which we won't, okay, so, so we might be able to watch it before the podcast. So, <laughs> so three three p.m. Pacific. Oh, crikey! Uh, that's that might be that might be two p.m. GMT. Yeah. No, that's eleven p.m. GMT. Okay. Well, <laughs> there we go. So, if, no, no, do, you watch watch a, do you want to watch? Do you want to watch? Do you want to watch a D show at eleven o'clock at night on a Friday night? Is the question? Oh, oh it's eleven p.m. Yes. Yeah. Nah, so I'll catch up. I thought you said 11 a.m. I think no. I might have to watch it before I start the no. podcast. No, 11 p.m. On okay. Friday. Uh, that's fine. Right. So on that's Friday, yeah. Friday. Uh, yes. I party. I, I, I am busy. I have some gaming. Thank <laughs> yes, you so I've got an invitation yeah. to actually party. Thank you very much. Yeah, online gaming. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. We digress. Yes. <laughs> we frequently digress. It's what we're best at. Right. So we got um, a all group industry report, you know, the Roll20 usage report things that they do every quarter. Oh, yes. Yeah. So they have, they've just launched one just this week. This is for the third quarter of 2021. <laughs> um, so uh, obviously D&D fifth edition right at the top, as always. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, Call of Cthulhu's in second place again, like it has been recently Ooh. for about the last two or three times. Interesting. Interesting. Um, last time it was at about 15% and it's dropped down to mm. about 11 now, so it's lost about oh, okay. 4%. Mm-hmm. 
So um, has fifth edition increased its share or other things? D and D's gone up by about point four percent. So it's ah, pretty much the same. Pretty much the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so the the biggest um, the biggest thing was what was it? It was yeah. It was Vampire the Masquerade had a five hundred percent increase. Which is uh, quite inexplicable. To me. Yeah, I'm trying to think what happened. Did did it, did a new thing got released recently? Am I? Not that I remember. Because fifth edition came out like two years ago. Maybe uh, something specific to role twenty, maybe like modules yeah. or support or characters. Yeah. I mean, I'll tell you something. Actually, uh, I don't know. I don't think we covered it, but apparently, Roll Twenty is doing a convention. They're doing it this weekend. Yes. Yeah. 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 An, Which an is online like, virtual like, convention. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Maybe you could mention it more than a week in advance, guys. Then I could actually have mentioned <laughs> it on the podcast and let people know about it. Yeah. So if, you're, if you're listening to this, I'm very sorry, but they're doing a, they're doing a convention. You missed it. So sorry. <laughs> yeah. Unless you're listening to it on Saturday, you might be able to nip in. Yeah. 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 But if you're listening to it on Monday, then sorry, you miss it. Mm. We didn't know. <laughs> yeah. What's interesting with these World 20 support uh, mm. uh, figures, though, is the Pathfinder stuff. Because we've mentioned this oh, before. Yeah. And mm. Pathfinder is incredibly low on these. It's like 3% or something. Tiny, yeah. tiny, tiny things. But the general thought on that is that that's mm. because Pathfinder players don't use World 20. Mm. They mm. use Foundry. Mm. I'm told. I've never used Foundry, so I couldn't yeah. tell you whether... How true that is, but that's what I keep hearing. Whenever, whenever these yeah. reports come out, people go, "Yeah, that's because that's yeah, not a platform opportunity." Yeah. What about you, Cesar? Do you use a virtual tabletop for anything? I do, but I found mm-hmm. I find most of them a little too much for me. So mm-hmm. I'm more of a Albert Rodeo kind of guy. That's just I don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the really, just, really that's simple pretty. one, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. You just uh, don't log in. Plan. Yeah, just share a link, drop mm-hmm. uh, PNG images, mm-hmm. and uh, you're ready to go. Yeah, and uh, <laughs> yeah. I uh, that's actually yeah, exactly. I uh, mm. came across a new one. It's in Spanish, really. And uh, it? I yeah. found it fascinating. I have I have the name here. If you don't know that, it's uh, oh please, uh, nivel vinci or level twenty in Spanish and Portuguese. Uh, nivel vinci, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. slash tabletop. So you can okay. like just drag and drop a PNG of a battle map, and you can mm-hmm. use a PNG of uh, characters that you usually yeah. use for paper minis. You know, you mm-hmm. print out and, yes. and cut them. So oh, if you use this image, yes. they create a 3D version of your paper mini and oh, you can play nice. on a three on a 3D oh. table. Oh cool. And it's yeah. just drag and drop and it's free. Anyway, no login. I'm gonna have to cool. I am gonna have to try this yeah. out now. I like the sound of that. Very lightweight, you don't okay. have to install anything, and I'll drop the link for you guys. Yeah, yeah please, please do. Yeah. Oh fantastic. There you go. Is yeah, that incredible? Is that in browser that then? In browser, yeah. Oh wow! Oh, even crazy. better, even better. And yeah. I think I'm they a have a Patreon if they want to support the development, but it's okay. completely free to use. Very cool. I I think yeah. that this last report of uh, Roll Twenty showed uh, a Brazilian tabletop game called Tormenta. Yeah, yeah. I was about to like yeah, a so, storm or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, that, so so that went up forty five percent. That game, yeah, yeah, nice. Have you have you played that game? Is it any fun? Is it good? Yeah. It, it, it's a a D twenty based yeah. game, okay. so yeah, yeah. it it is the largest Brazilian tabletop RPG. Mm. 
they had a, a, a kick, the equivalent of a, a Kickstarter for Brazil, for Brazil, yeah. uh, a mm-hmm. few, I guess, last year, and they raised mm-hmm. a near two million uh, well reais, but uh, it's uh, something like at the time it was something like five hundred thousand dollars. Mm. Yeah, of, of a respectable that. chunk of change. Oh, yeah. It is, and uh, yeah. well, they have the a huge lore. Maybe ten mm. novels based on this. this oh wow! Wow! And a yeah. very intense community. So I was su- surprised to see it on a global platform, but I'm yeah. not surprised that it, it is Tormenta because it has the largest mm. fan base. Mm. Yeah, yeah, sure. yeah. And is it sort of a fantasy sort yeah, of game? Is the it the vanilliest of fantasies? Is just yeah, uh, yeah. high fantasy. It's good, very evil. high fantasy, mm. and they mm. leaned on. At least on the first edition, leaned on heavily mm. on the manga anime style for their illustrations mm. and art. Right, right, yeah. And oh, okay. uh, so it, it spoke to a lot of people, a lot of young people mm-hmm. as well. And uh, mm-hmm. so they can do the most outrageous things when it comes to extrapolating the, the, the high fantasy stuff. Mm. So nice. it is fun and you can play yeah. as the, the weirdest races and it's mm. very over the top fantasy. And, uh, but in a very well built, uh, lore as well. But it is, right. a, a, a sort of, uh, spin off of the yeah. 20 systems. Yeah. 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 You, you could definitely have a lot of fun playing it. Yeah. That's what I'm hearing. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for sure. Um, well, yeah. Talking, well okay. you, you said that it's interesting that that was on a global platform. But, um, mm-hmm. I was just thinking about Call of Cthulhu and that and the way that's doing so well mm-hmm. on World 20. And a lot of that, I think, is attributed to the fact that it's so popular in Japan. It is. Rather than in the US, which is, um, which is interesting. Yeah. Actually, that, 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 since you mentioned it, I'm wondering, where are the people playing, uh, the Dark Eye, the German game? Because uh, um, I don't know. I mean, there might, there might short, be, might be <laughs> Well, I've got, I've got a list of them all here, but there's a lot of games and they're in order of popularity, not alphabetical order. So, yeah. It's probably on there somewhere. Yeah. There's probably gaming going on and we just don't know about yeah. it because yeah. it's yeah. not reaching English language news sites. Yeah. Bit yeah. of a problem. Possibly. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. So other, other things that have gone up. So there's Tormenta, which was the Brazilian one, has yeah. gone up 45%. And we mentioned yeah. Vampire went up 500%, which is Oof. big, nice. big chunk. Powered by the Apocalypse games are up 130%. Okay. World of Darkness overall is up 550%. So it's not just Vampire, it's all of them. Now, when we say these sort of like big increases in numbers, what are the, what's the actual? No, that is a good question. And I don't know is, no. is the answer to that. I, yeah. I, I mean, I could find out, but I would, I've spent ages poking through this really, really long list and you'd have to watch me doing that. And <laughs> oh, no. excellent material. Okay. For no, any I found podcast. it. Oh, no, okay. I found it. I found oh, it. I found oh, it. I found 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 it. Oh, God. Yeah. They're only at 0.25% about vampire. Yeah. Okay. But I um, mean, how many games on the, the 20 is that? Well, they, they see, they stopped giving absolute numbers. Roll oh. 20. They only give percentages now. Right. So we just have to guess how many games that they're running. So we've no idea. So it could be like loads or it could be not. Well, put it this way. D&D was at 53% and this is at 0.25%. Right, right. So So, as a sense of scale. Yeah, yeah. So. And and Tormentor is a 0.6%, give or take. 
Right, right. So, like, almost three times what Vampire's doing. Yeah, yeah. So we can tell how they're doing relatively, but knowing, like, yeah, knowing, knowing the numbers of games seems important. Yeah. But I guess they don't want to tell us in case they say, oh, no, Roll20 is a scheme's playing or something. Oh, yeah, <laughs> who knows? Yeah, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. Uh, otherwise, we've got Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay up 50%, and Modifius' 2D20 is up 160%. Well, I mean, don't forget, June has hit cinemas. There is that. So, yeah. Um, yeah. We might be near the end of the news, actually. Uh, Cesar, are there any developments, that, any projects going on that you'd like to shout out? Yeah. There is, Fantastic. actually. Yeah. Uh, Brilliant. I, I'm really pleased. <laughs> <laughs> Tell us what, what's going on. So, um, speaking on the topic that I'm, I'm going to talk later on the show, but mm-hmm. uh, since this is the new segment, I <laughs> yes. think I have to, to shout out the Latin breakout Kickstarter that's going on. I don't know if you guys yes. heard of it. Yeah. 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 So, I've, I, I've got, I've got it on my, uh, Kickstarter's to backlist. Oh, right. And I forgot to write it in my diary so I could mention it on the show. So I'm glad one of us is uh, competent. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it's like got five five different uh, game authors. Five creators, five games uh, from the the Latin America. And Mm. uh, since we don't have access to Kickstarter, uh, Soul Muppet Publishing is hosting this this Kickstarter. And uh, so you can... uh, Pick and choose which games you want to, to support. So there are lev- backing levels to grab each one of them individually, or you can have like a, a whole package and grab all five of them. Uh, as we are recording this, there's still 25 mm-hmm. days to go, and yep. uh, they are short a little less, a little more than $2,000 to reach the goal. So yeah. uh, go ahead and back it. So I'm not on it, but uh, uh, I'm. Uh, I want to support, well, the, the Global South thing is much larger than myself, mm. that's for sure. Mm. And uh, mm. there are like hundreds, if not thousands of creators. So we have a chance to spotlight five of those through this Kickstarter. So if you have a chance, mm. go ahead and back them. Okay. Yeah. Yes. You've got so Brave Zenith, Ultra Eterna, Here There Be Monsters, Mayflies, and Cantrip, uh, which range from some games that I don't re- I, I got to say I'm I'm looking at Ultra and Turner and it seems wild. I don't understand it. But they're saying, yes, we're going for uh Megway and Vincent Baker's Apocalypse World. So I'm guessing there's going to be something going on there. Inspired by games like Final Fantasy V and then there's like Here There Be Monsters, which is going for a while more of a Hellboy, BPRD, Laundry Files series, a bit of a men in black style world. Then there's Mayflies, which is a post-apocalyptic one. And like just the description really evokes a Nausicaa Valley of the Wind for me. And then there's Cantrip, which is a game which altogether I'm like looking at and thinking, well, actually, you know, we were saying earlier, I wouldn't reach for my D20 to play the Strixhaven games. Mm -hmm. I might well do that. For this game. Exactly. Because it's like, okay, yeah, Cantrip looks like it's going to offer the same sort of slice of life, but without necessarily having to create a Dungeons & Dragons character. It's a B.O.B. Yeah. game. It's a Belonging Outside mm. Belonging, that line of games that came from uh, Avery Alder and uh, Dream is cool, Dream Apart. So uh, it's diceless mm-hmm. and GMless. It's very okay. focused on, on narrative sharing and a slice yeah. of life gameplay 
that's where uh, Wonder Home yeah. came from. So uh, yeah, if you yeah, look I, through the the Kickstarter page, the the mm. array of uh, art styles, I think there's mm. five games they selected. Mm. It's, it's so cool because it shows the versatility of the creators and things that we don't normally find elsewhere. Right. So, right. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, uh, you mentioned uh, Dream Askew, Dream Apart. That is actually uh, something we've looked at on the show before, but you said it was a B&B style? B-O-B, so Belong, B-O-B. Outside, outside Belonging. That's the line of games that uh, use oh, the okay. kind of system. So right, they, right. they call themselves B-O-B, like in PBTA, so it's an actual yeah, yeah, yeah. word. Sure, sure. No, that's fine. Belong, Outside, Belonging. Okay, yeah. well, thank you. Most educational. All right, then. Since we're yeah. talking about Kickstarters... Yes. I know what time it is. It's time to play our favourite game. It's time to play the game. Our favourite game in all the world. Guess the Kickstarter from just the name. I think Yay. it's time that we played our favourite game in all the world. The game where I read out the name of a Kickstarter and you try and guess what it is from just the name. Are you ready? Oh, yeah. God, that's... <laughs> Let's Let's do this. <laughs> <laughs> Who would like to go first? Well, um, shall, shall I go first so you can see how it can or cannot be done? Please, <laughs> Peter. Not necessarily how it won't be done. <laughs> okay. Peter. <laughs> yes. Are you ready? What have you got? Yeah, hit me. What have you got? Go what on. is Shanty Hunters? Oh, uh, it sounds interesting. Mm, I guess it feels like. Is that S H A N T Y? Yes. Good. That's important. Um, so it feels like it's a game set in sort of a shanty town, which is sort of like improvised living style of things. And I guess maybe you are people who are living on the edge of society who are being assailed by supernatural beasts. And quite frankly, that's not cool. That's not on. And so you're playing the part of these people who go and hunt down these vampires. And give them a good staking. Hmm. Uh, it might not be vampires, it might be werewolves or something, but smart ways and vampires. Okay. How's that? So there's two there's two um, ways you can use the word shanty. One okay. is the way you just used it. Yes. The other is as in sea shanty. Oh, uh, that was my oh. guess. <laughs> Fantastic. Wow, there you go. You had a 50 50 chance, that one guess. Ah, never mind. Um, so it's 1880. Yes. And um, sea shanties are fading away. And you're, uh-huh. you're traveling the world to document them, but an evil spirit is determined to sink your ship before you can do that. It's like quite a specific kind of um, <laughs> a specific game. Yeah, it uses the yeah. gumshoe system. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Just, just a quite, yeah. quite fun. Yeah, I like okay. the idea of it. Um, oh, so look. so uh, it's got three weeks to go. Yes. Uh, it's well and truly funded. It's done $7,000 out of its 700, seven, yeah, $7,000 from its $1,000 mm-hmm. goal. Mm, nice. And yeah, it looks, it's kind of fun to me. Uh, all the art appears to be sort of like old black and white photo art, mm. which they've used. Like old, you know, those old sort of black and white sh- pictures of ships that you, you see. Oh, oh like, um, oh. No, it's gone completely. There's like a game where you're, where you're sort of de- being a detective on, um, a ship and you've got like a, you're an insurance agent looking at a ship and you've got like a little timepiece that like lets you oh, go back in time. To I look know at this game. It's, yes. 
Oh, so what is it called? Yeah. Yeah. It, uh, as soon as I've seen the name, Stop I'm just scrolling frantically through my Steam library looking for it. Uh, the Oberdin. Yeah, something like that. Hang on. Uh, what's it called? Oberdin. It's not, it's, where, where, who is it? I've, it must be on Jess's computer. Yeah. It's like something like the Return of the Oberdin, which is, yeah, like a very black and white. You've got the things and you're sort of, you you see like little set pieces with a narration over of like terrible things happening to people, mm. and then you're sort of working out. You've got like a crew manifest, and you're sort of working out how they die. So I guess this seems like if you like that aesthetic, this seems like a very strong connection to that game. I have no yeah, idea. It's a return of the Ogre <laughs> then, exactly. Yes, yeah. Love well, that game. Well, this this one, uh, which is uh, Shanty Hunters, is written by yes. Tristan Zimmerman, and he's a mm. U.S. Navy veteran with a lifelong love of the ocean. Mm. All right. Yeah. Well, presumably now it's good to good see Sam. Yeah. See so, so yeah. no point for you there, Peter. Zero point. Right. Nil point, as they always say in, uh, in Eurovision. I, I take the consolation that this idea was much better than anything I came up with. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. So, Cesar, are you ready? Head yeah, me. you can do this. Woohoo! Right. What is between sun and shadow? Mm-hmm. Between sun and shadow. Okay, I am thinking of uh, a 80s movie the, that I don't know the name in English, but uh, the, the people, the, uh, it was a couple that was cursed. They con- could only see themselves at the sunset because they turned into animals. The man mm-hmm. turned into an animal in the evening and the girl oh, right. into an animal in the morning. So they had like this split second that they could... Ah. Uh, See each other. Dusk and dawn. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So uh, between huh. the sun and the shadow gives me this vibe. So I'm uh, hmm. thinking of a two-player game that, mm-hmm. that uh, we play as cursed, a cursed couple trying to find a cure so they can be together again. Oh. I'm probably way off, but just reminding of this movie, it's all worth it. <laughs> <laughs> like, you, you have to make this game now if this is not the game. Right. It is, it is yeah. not that game, but that does sound like oh. an awesome movie. Yeah, what's one hundred percent? What's the movie called? Did you say? I I don't know the name in English, but uh, I can search it. Feitiço de Aquila in Portuguese, but Lady Hawk. Lady Uh, Hawk. Lady Hawk. Yeah. We. Nineteen eighty-five. I've heard of it. I've never seen it. I have heard of it. Yeah. Okay. Well, that's embarrassing. There's like uh, listeners even now who are like. Up in arms, saying, "How dare they have never watched Lady Hawk?" I'm sorry, I never got round to it. It's not, I've not seen it. Please don't challenge. This is it's not a, the Lady Hawk RPG. It's not the it Lady Hawk RPG. All right, we're, we're, we're disappointed. But so it's a campaign go. setting for Tiny Dungeon Second Edition. Uh, wow. In a land divided between the unblinking sun and the everlasting shadow, the wondrous yeah. creations of master alchemists and clockwork engineers help create mm-hmm. a thriving society. Mm. Okay. okay. Uh, yeah. Almost. <laughs> Almost, yeah. So this particular Kickstarter is an adventure for that system, and it's an adventure called Realms of Adventure, uh, and it expands uh, between Sun and Shadow with new heritages, traits, prestige traits, clockwork gear. So it's an expansion for Between Sun and Shadow. Uh, I can't say I'm sort of interested in that because I'm sort of wondering, would it be possible to build some sort of heat pump exchange system that you could use the eternal sunshine on one side to 
like maybe make a solar boiler and then like send that to the cold side where you could use it to heat things up and just like then send back to water and like just have a closed loop and keep it recirculating. I have no uh, idea. To get work done. I don't know, yeah. Peter. That, <laughs> that sounds like an excellent idea. Yes, it, it, it's, probably, it's probably why I'm not allowed to play this system. <laughs> like, no. Okay. Okay, Peter, your turn. Oh yes, yes, sir. Okay, what is a mother of monsters? Oh, um, well, it sort of feels like a reference to um, uh, what's it, Legend of Hero, with um, Grendel turning up. And then Beowulf obviously rips off Grendel's arm and Grendel's mum comes around and complains. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, so that's what it feels like. So I guess Mother of Monsters would be, uh, I guess maybe it's a game where you play as monsters, but you're part of one monstrous family. So, and you're just trying to look after your kids and, you know, get by. So maybe like a, <laughs> Oh, what's that this, is, this is not going to be a high scoring game this week. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to be a high scoring game this week. It's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Anyway. Look like. <laughs> so, so there, there, there you go. That's what I'd be hoping for from Mother of Monsters. I'd be hoping for a game where you're a bunch of monster kids and uh, you're, I don't know, doing role playing games, solving mysteries, fighting crime. So, what this is, is something that's never been done before. Except for the like ten turns it's been done before, it is D and D fifth edition ancient Greek campaign setting. Did they actually write it's never been done before? No, I said that. Oh, that's all right. Then. I was being yeah. hilarious, <laughs> facetious, <laughs> facetious. <laughs> so this is for legendary mean? games, and they put out a lot of yeah. good stuff. They do a lot they of Kickstarters. Do. They do a lot of good stuff. So um, this is this is probably a really, really, really great example oh. of a and D fifth edition Greek campaign setting. But basically, that's what it is. If you yeah. want a D and D five E Greek setting, ancient Greece setting, this is the one for you. Or you can get Thoros, or, or you can get one of the or, or one other, of the nine. One of the yeah. other nine, yeah, but. Yeah, but this yeah. one's on Kickstarter right now, and uh, it's doing very Fantastic. well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They've, uh, they've do, you, do you get hoplites? I'm almost sure they most probably do. I expect. I'm not. I haven't actually looked to check, but it seems like oh, well. I am satisfied. Yes, please proceed. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So again, no points. So You're doing great, Peter. So, so, so all you have to do is score a point, one point, and you'd have won. Right. <laughs> uh, avoid scoring minus a million. Yes, I'm sure that's very possible. So try not to do that. Yeah. <laughs> right, let me have a look. Okay, at the, me. Let me have a look at the options. Uh, ooh. some of these are really the easy. Unbearable. No, these, some of these are really yeah, easy. That's the problem. It's okay to ask an easy <laughs> one, Russ. <laughs> uh, I make sure to get it wrong. It yeah. <laughs> it. Hey, I believe in you. You've got this. Uh, <laughs> Okay. Just choose something evocative. Okay. Yeah. What is SCP? The role playing game. So it's an acronym? S? SCP. The role playing game. Mm -hmm. <sighs> okay. Because I haven't actually seen Christ. this Kickstarter, but I know exactly what it is. Oh, okay. Yeah. You have seen it. So I S haven't seen this Kickstarter, but I know exactly what it is. Okay. Okay. All right. No. No. SCP. SCP. It's an acronym for a kind of uh, investigation bureau. 
So like FBI, but this is SCP. So I'm uh, imagining a kind of uh, urban shadows stuff. So it's uh, urban fantasy. Mm-hmm. And uh, you play as investigators of the dark arts in a, in a city. That's my best guess. That's really good. Yeah. Secure, contain, protect. Um, which is the SCP project. I was literally just um, scrolling through the page and I couldn't work out what SCP actually stood for. I'm scrolling and scrolling. It's for like, secure, contain, protect for us. Doesn't actually say so. I'm telling you because it's part of the SCP project, okay. which is this um, sort of. It's like a wiki full of like flash fiction of people thinking of like terrible, awful things. Like maybe there's a house and you go inside it and then you disappear. Right. Or there's like um uh or there's like a telephone and normally it works like a telephone, but sometimes it'll ring and somebody will whisper okay. seven days and then you die in seven days. Or just sort of all sorts of like weird horror movie plots and strange weirdness things. Okay. Like uh, for, yeah, so it's like basically it's not the sort of thing you want to read just before you go to bed. Okay. So <laughs> unless you need to stay up late. So this is um, described by Egg Embry as sort of X Files, Delta Green, and Cthulhu, and its own thing as well. Is that a fair description? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's that's that's. Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, to be fair, season was like pretty. Yeah, pretty I think you were pretty fair. pretty close there. Yeah. It's a creative yeah. commons setting, open for anyone yeah. to create content for. Yeah. Um, using yeah. an original game system, using a dice pool. Yeah, yeah. So I think um, I, 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 I must say, sight unseen, I would strongly recommend having a look at this game and maybe also at the original wiki because it's going to be a rich source of terrible things. Weird to, stuff. Players yeah. to look at <laughs> Ter- terrible weirdness that your players will go. Why? What? Okay. No. So anyway, so sorry, you are pretty spot on. I'll give you a thousand points for that. Congratulations. Yay. I think that means you are this week's winner of our favourite game in all the world, and you get to take Ooh. home the metaphorical trophy, which is a smug sense of self-satisfaction. Congratulations. Thank you. I feel very self-satisfied. <laughs> good, that's good. Greetings, Buck. It's a fine day here on the 17th level of the dungeon, is it not? If you say so, Bork, I haven't seen sunlight in 14 millennia. Well, never mind that, Bork. It's a special day today. A special day, Bork? Yes, it's the master's birthday. It is? How old is he today? 12,423 years old, I believe. Are we organising anything? Has he said anything? Well, he said something about not making a fuss last week. Right, right. So, no surprise party then. Oh, no, no. We wouldn't want to upset him. Last time we threw a surprise party for him, he immolated poor old Baku. Yes, yes. When the Archlich Gravasimordian dying says not to make a fuss, you don't make a fuss if you know what's good for you. But what if he's only pretending not to want a party? What? You know how some people say, don't make a fuss, but really they do want you to arrange something spectacular? What? Like a a double bluff? Well, sort of, I suppose, yes. Oh my, yes, I remember poor old Sazzle a thousand or so years back. The master told everybody to ignore his birthday that year. You know how sensitive he can be about his age. Yes, yes, so Sazzle made sure to avoid any kind of celebration and got 500 years on the rack for his troubles. Oh, yes, we wouldn't want that now. Oh, agreed, agreed. So, what do we do? 
Oh, it's a pretty conundrum, to be sure. If he secretly wants a surprise party and we don't organise one, we're in deep trouble. Mm -hmm. But if he doesn't want a big do and we do arrange one, we're up the creek without the proverbial, if you get what I'm saying. Hmm. How can we possibly decide? Ah, we could flip a coin. What? Determine the fate of our eternal souls? On a coin flip? Well, we are the evil henchmen of the world's premier dark overlord. I don't think the fate of our eternal souls is in any doubt, really, Bork. Well, uh, less eternal bodies, then. I'm quite attached to mine. Oh, yes, me too. Quite attached. Literally, you might say. Right, right. So, no coin flip. Do you have any other ideas? Uh, we could just ask him. <laughs> oh, good one, Bert. Good one. Ask him indeed. Ask the Prince of the Deception whether he wants a surprise birthday party. If only things were that simple. I know, I know. Well, we could sneak a peek at his journal, the book where he records his deepest thoughts and dreams. Aren't his deepest thoughts and dreams about conquest of the known world and annihilation of all who oppose him? Well, yes, but I'm sure he'll have mentioned his birthday in there somewhere. Mm, okay. Fine, fine. Right, is anyone looking? Ah, uh, all clear, Bork. Okay, let's see. My, this is a big book. His handwriting is appalling. Get on with it, Bork. Yeah, so, uh, world domination, blah, blah. Raise nine kingdoms to the ground, blah, blah. Usurp the god of light from her throne. Blah, blah, blah. Declare martial law. Blah, blah. Create an army of zombie velociraptors. Ooh, like that one. And time itself. And plunge the universe into the roiling void. Oh, the usual stuff. Ah, here it is. Birthday plans. My 12,423rd birthday approaches, and I feel weary. I have instructed my minions to make no fuss. But it is a test. Any who fail to arrange a suitable celebration shall be immolated by the acid spittle of the great troll worm as an example to all who follow. Oh, well, that's fairly clear then. We need to arrange a party, quick. But what if it's a trap? A trap, Bork? Well, what if he knew we'd look at here and it's all an elaborate double bluff? Oh, maybe we should check his secret personal diary too then. Good idea. I'll keep watch while you look for it. Let's see. Uh, more about plunging the world into an eternity of darkness? Something about exacting terrible revenge on the servants of good? Ah, here it is. I have laid a terrible trap in my journal. I have written that I desire a birthday party, but the truth is that I despise such shallow affairs. I will exfoliate any who arrange such an event to death. Oh, my. It's like a triple bluff, isn't it? So, no party, then? I suppose not. Unless... Unless what? He does keep a super-secret chronicle that he thinks nobody knows about. You mean it could be a quadruple bluff? It could be. He could have anticipated that we'd look in his journal and then his diary and recorded his true plans in the hidden chronicle. How devious! No wonder he's the overlord of the southern marches. You don't get to be overlord of the Southern Marches with only two channels, Burke. That's my old Ma used to say. Anyway, the Hidden Chronicle? Yes, here it is. Now then, what does this say? You know, Bork. What's up, Burke? How will we ever know if we've reached the end of the chain of bluffs? I suppose we won't, Burke. So, you might as well just flip a coin after all. I can't see that would substantially change our odds. And would be considerably less effort, Burke. 
Radio, radio, dragons or crowns? Dragons we throw a party, crowns we don't. Here it goes. Hey, so Peter, I was uh, I was walking down the road the other day and uh, I saw this bunch of really cool, good-looking people. Cool, good lucky. That could only be our patrons. Yep, man, I have never seen such a well-informed debonair bunch in all my life. Yeah, right, you know, why is that? I don't know, you tell me. Well, if I was forced to speculate, I guess it's because they listen to our top-secret, super-exclusive bonus episode every week. Bonus episode? What? Yeah. Each week, our patrons get an extra half hour or even more of extra content that nobody else gets to hear. Wow, that's amazing. Where can they find this? Oh, it's pretty simple. You just head over to patreon.com slash morris and pledge a monthly donation. Anything from a dollar to whatever you think we're worth. I did a uh, a scientific calculation once just to see how much we're worth. Oh, yeah. How much? Uh, You probably don't want to know. Probably for the best. Anyway, if you, if you enjoy our podcast, please head on over to patreon.com slash morris and, you know, just pledge a little. That's patreon.com slash morris. And thank you so much for your support. We couldn't do this without you. I reckon we could. So, Cesar, let's, before we start... Yes. I think just so the um, the listeners know what we're talking about, I'm sure mm. most of them do, mm. but for, for the few that aren't familiar with the terminology, what mm. is meant by the Global South? What's, mm. what's the term mean? Right. So, yeah, uh, when I was at, in school, we learned that ourselves, Brazil and other southern countries, we belong to mm. the third world. Uh, that mm. terminology was then, I guess, substituted mostly for the Global South which mm. doesn't necessarily mean the geographical south because it excludes yeah. Oceania, Australia, Australia and everything mm. else. But more or less, it's the below the equator uh, for most, mm. most part. And uh, so it encompasses Latin America, Africa, mm. and a uh, mm. big chunk of Asia. Right. Mm. Okay. okay. And people in the global south, the, the biggest sort of RPG market, as we know, is the US, mm. without a doubt. Um, probably followed by, I imagine, Europe is probably is probably second. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and a lot of that is powered through tools like Kickstarter and um, services like that. Mm. But they're kind of very limited to a small number of countries. Mm-hmm. And people in the global south, therefore, might have difficulty accessing some of the resources that the people in America or the Europe might have might have access to. Is that is that fair to say? Is it? Yeah, it is. Well, first, I think it's important to to have a a small disclaimer before we dive deeper into it. Yeah, it's obvious, but just to make sure, I don't claim to be a spokesperson for the global south at all. Right. Uh, my no. perspective is very limited to the experiences I have, and even mm. uh, in the uh, global south context, I see myself in a position of privilege, being sort mm. of white. I'm I'm Latin, but in the context, okay. uh, I'm, I'm male. I'm cis. I'm straight. I was raised in a middle class family, and mm. uh, I speak English, so I recognize the amount of privilege that I have, even in the global south yeah. context. Right. Right. Hmm. Setting that aside, what I can talk about is some common points that is uh, that are true for everyone in the global south, pretty much, mm-hmm. in different okay. levels of access, which is one of the things yeah. is the uh, 
difficulty of access to funding platforms and uh, distribution platforms as well. Mm. So uh, mm-hmm. Kickstarter is very limited. And it was shocking to me when I first uh, talked about it that most people that do have access to Kickstarter didn't even know that it's just only like 20-something countries that can mm. uh, have mm. projects Kickstarted. And yeah. uh, it's hard to compete with anything else. Kickstart became a verb. Well, it was a verb before, but became yes. a verb regarding finance. For crowdfunding. For yeah, yeah, crowdfunding. Exactly. Oh, I'll, I'll kickstart my game. And uh, it, it is a source of news. Well, your show is a, a prime example of that. You grab yeah. the news. There's a section of the show uh, about Kickstarter. So yeah. it became a synonym of uh, a platform for uh, for games. And when you, you just was you were born in the wrong country and don't have access at all to that, it's yeah. kind of frustrating and infuriating yeah. at the same time. So yeah, we uh, and we have a very very large community of creators, uh, mm-hmm. and uh, just uh, creating in English. I'm not even talking about people that create in their yeah. native languages, but yeah, creating right. in English. And uh, yeah. we uh, we want to spread the word. We have different perspectives. We have different games and everything. So it's. <clears throat> It's it's good yeah. to try try and raise our voices somehow. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, Russ, you yourself like um, Kickstarter has not always accepted the UK, for example. So I know one of your first. I mean, it has for a long. It has for a long time. Yeah, yeah when it launched. Yeah, yeah. But like, a, yeah. well, some of the first ones when you get Zeitgeist started, that had to be done through uh, your one of your US authors for the game. Ryan Knox, yeah, Ryan yeah. Knox account, yeah, yeah. No. But that was that was what, ten years ago. Yeah. Yeah, so something like that. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, yeah. But yeah, like getting the access to Kickstarter would definitely be like something that would really help out people in Brazil, especially. Oh, absolutely. I don't know how yeah. I managed without Kickstarter. It's amazing. It's probably the yeah. single most powerful tool for small creators in the world, isn't it? It mm-hmm. is, uh, for sure. Yeah. Well, so yeah. we have to make do with uh, workarounds. So each funding is yeah. a workaround, mm-hmm. but uh, it doesn't have nearly it. Uh, the same reach as Kickstarter does. Yeah, yeah, so, mm, yeah. We're taking like ten. We're talking ten percent, maybe less that you can raise. Yeah, uh, you don't. You it. don't hear monthly about million dollar itch Kickstarter itch funded RPGs, do you? Itch no. crowdfunding campaign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. So what what other workarounds are there available then? Hmm. Presumably, you can work with partners in. Yeah. So the most successful way to have your game uh, released is with a partner, which is mm-hmm. not always simple. Uh, uh, mm-hmm. There is an example running right now, which you talked about on the show. Uh, the Latin American breakout, yeah. Yeah, and uh, the other one is Kalimba, which is a you talked about yes. this, right? Mm. Daniel is a friend of mine. I mean, I know him uh, online, but uh, I consider him a friend. And uh, yeah. I don't know exactly how he managed to do, but if you go to the Kickstarter page, it shows mm. Illinois, I guess, US. Mm. So mm. there is a company, an overseas company, uh, doing all the stuff, and not only to provide uh, a, a way for you to use Kickstarter, mm-hmm. but to print and deliver mm. the games. Because this mm. is another ball game, man. If I decide mm. to, to print things in Brazil, one yeah, yeah. will be more expensive. And mm. just shipping that will be impossible. Brazilian mm, okay. mail services known for its idiosyncrasies and, uh, mm-hmm. and its price. So, uh, 
yeah. impossible. You have to have someone, someone, uh, in so, yeah, I, know, I, know, I know shipping two Brazil is very expensive. It is. Well. It yeah, is. yeah. Logistics mm. is a nightmare. So, yeah. uh, so, so, and you said the price of books would be higher as well, which uh, I yeah. felt kind of surprising. No, it, I yeah. thought they'd be cheaper to produce, but that's not the case. Not the case. No, not at all. I oh, actually right. talked to someone in, uh, Croatia, I guess, and they mm-hmm. offered me a partnership that would be cheaper to like print my games in Croatia and ship to the mm. US instead of doing it in, uh, in Brazil. Yeah. So, uh, wow. Yeah. Less than ideal, but yeah. uh, th- that would be something, right? Okay. Yeah. But yeah. again, uh, what is a little frustrating is uh, I hear every now and then when I'm listening to podcasts of, of uh, producers in, in America, they come up yeah. with an idea on spot and they casually say, ah, I think I'll run a two-week Kickstarter just to get the zine printed. And, uh, mm. let's see how it goes. And they raise like 5,000. And, uh, mm. I said, Oh my God, I wish I could do that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Because yeah. doing this logistics for like a large game, it kind of makes mm. sense. Like a 300 oh. hardcover thing. But if you have a, a cool idea for a, a zine and yeah. then you, can't, you can't quickly do it. You can. Yeah. You can. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it sucks, right? I, then I get, mm. I can do POD. That's what I do. Print on demand for my games. Mm-hmm. But, uh, they're more expensive, so I have to cut on my margin, so mm. it's accessible, and mm. it's not exactly the same quality of the offset printing. Yeah, yeah. But yeah, uh, mm. the, the how do you sell that? I have to sell a PDF with a mm. coupon for at cost yeah. print on demand. So, yeah. for a consumer standpoint, it's not the uh, ideal way to 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 buy a game. You know? no. Yeah, yeah. No. There's like blocks to actually being able to get the access to the book you want it's not it's not like amazon it's one click it turns up at your house yeah, yeah. it's a multi-step um, process yeah yeah, mm, yeah and like every i think you were saying russ like every step you put in does lead to you lose customers basically mm-hmm. yeah it was the 10 percent rule isn't it each step mm. of the way mm. you uh your 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 uh your, your customer base drops by 10 percent for each thing you ask them to do mm. so exactly. you know the, and, the, uh, the smaller number of steps you can get, the better. Yeah. Right. And so, uh, if I, I did run a, uh, an H fund for my, my la- latest release, which was fun, was a successful, it was $800, but I'm doing everything, so I don't have to pay artists and anything. So, okay, yeah. mm-hmm. it's cool. But then there are tax cuts, because since mm. Brazil doesn't have an agreement with the US, mm-hmm. uh, we don't have a standardized, uh, tax cut so they right. have to take mm-hmm. 30% off and that's on wow. top of everything the platform takes for themselves oh. so everything wow. that you do wow. on itch you lose mm. 40% wow yeah, yeah. and itch it is quite good I think because they take itch has been recommended to us on the basis that they take a smaller cut of the creators file money so yeah yeah they have I a slider guess. you can actually adjust how much they oh, take okay. Out of, of you. oh yeah okay uh, but thirty yeah. percent uh, of taxes man that's that's uh, yeah that's, that's a lot, that's a lot. A lot. wow and then you have but to if you if you were, if you were selling via Drive Through RPG though mm. you'd have that thirty percent tax and thirty five yeah thirty five percent thirty five percent to Drive Through RPG so mm-hmm. yeah that's that's uh, most uh, most of it isn't it yeah at that point. Uh, yeah. That is and, and then you have yeah. to use the money. So then there is mm. exchange rates that you lose money when you change from right. dollars to your local mm. currency. So 
in the end, <laughs> I'm talking, I raise like a thousand, I get 400. Right, right, yeah. Really like, yeah. Right? I yeah. have the advantage now, uh, if I'm selling to overseas, that the currency exchange is in favor of me. So, uh, mm-hmm. I, I can't buy anything from, uh, the US because it's six times. But when I sell to, to the US, I get six times. So, yeah, uh, yeah, okay. yeah. when I'm, right. when I'm in the selling end, it's an advantage. If I'm yeah. trying to, if you, I buy see a cool, yeah, yeah, a cool Kickstarter. Oh, it's just 10 bucks for the PDF. Nobody. Like 60. It's 60 for least. me. And 60 mm, for me oh. is like four meals. And I, I can't yeah, spend yeah. four meals yeah. on a PDF. Right now. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> wow, wow. Yeah. yeah. yeah so, so, uh, so with Kickstarter only covering like 20 countries, as you say, mm. I, I don't know whether it's, it's something you've, look, you've looked into, but is, is mm. there any sort of like talks of them expanding it further beyond that? Or is it just stop dead or is it? Well, the Kickstarter page that lists all these countries, they say, mm. uh, how are their projects with locations? Uh, can I launch with anywhere else? Uh, we are, the, the, the answer is we're working hard to open up Kickstarter to project creators in even mm. more countries. That's it. Right. And when's the last time they did open one in a new country? Oh, uh, years. Years, yeah. Years yeah. ago, yeah. Mm. And, uh, so, I so they're not it. working that hard then, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so, no. Because, I mean, I, I, I understand there, there are tax problems when we're trying to navigate legislation in every country mm. regarding donation mm. and mm. crowdfunding. But I mean, yeah. Indiegogo has done it, GameFound has mm-hmm. done it, Edge mm-hmm. has done mm-hmm. it, so there is a way. So it's obviously yeah. not impossible, yeah. It, it can't yeah. be done, yeah, yeah. They yeah. can do it. Yeah. So I guess they don't feel the need to because they're getting million dollar Kickstarter. I, I guess that's pro- I, I think probably with Kickstarter, that is the thing that there isn't much impetus for it to change, like just from someone who uses Kickstarter regularly, like it's back end tools are quite, quite bad. And there's no impetus mm. for them to make them any better because they've got mm. pretty much the whole market. Yeah. I mean, yeah. there's Indiegogo's got a bit and um, it's like the other ones are mm. almost non-existent, it's aren't they? It's found. It's new. But yeah. It's promising. But, yeah. I mean, once again, what are, we, what are we trying to do when we're talking about people from uh, outside of the U.S. and the uh, center? We're trying to raise voices. Mm-hmm. And when you're mm-hmm. trying to raise voices, you need the best platform there is to do that. We're already on the margins of the market. So if we mm-hmm. use platforms mm-hmm. that are on the margin, we were going to stay there. Yeah, and we have so have much to see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's just a lot of games. I, uh, after I talked about it on Twitter and it ended up being a, uh, a dice breaker article about my mm-hmm. Twitter thread. I started a uh, collection on each, just yeah. uh, picking up games from the global south, and cool. uh, it's up to three hundred and fifty-eight games. Wow! And just games nice. in English produced by those people. So, yeah. and uh, it's a part of the global south. Really, I'm uh, yeah. mixing here the RPG Latin and RPG C. Which stands for Latin America yes. and Southeast Asia. And Southeast Asia, yeah, yeah. Which it's a big chunk of the global south, but it's not. Mm-hmm. A, I'm missing mm-hmm. part of the uh, part of Asia and the whole of Africa. That mm-hmm. I yeah, even tried yeah. to reach some African creators. I could find one, just one. Mm-hmm. Right. And, yeah. uh, but then again, it's 350 games that most people 
probably don't know even exists. Exactly. Yeah. 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 So at the moment, probably itch, itch.io, itch.io, whatever it's called, is, yeah. um, <laughs> is, is probably the best place to find these games. I, it I, is. I assume. Yeah. 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 Um, so could you like, uh, give us a, uh, have you got any favorites? Not your yeah. own, but other. We can talk about your own, your own games as well, of course, in a minute. But no, we can talk well. about it. Oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I just like, I just thought you know a chance to just shout out a few. Right. Would so be, would be fun. I, uh, because you mentioned Tormentor, that was one of the biggest games. It is, like, but they're yeah. fine. They're doing their their thing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, they yeah, have they don't great, need a shout out. They don't need a <laughs> yeah, shout out. They're fine. Yeah. So uh, I'll shout out one of my favorite games. Here is uh, Ruin Explorer. It's a mm. solo journaling RPG from mm-hmm. Gustavo, okay. which is a fellow Brazilian creator. And uh, mm-hmm. it's his, you, it uses a uh, tarot deck, and it's mm-hmm. absolutely beautiful. Uh, it's a solo journaling game mm-hmm. with, it, with a Ghibli studio kind of vibe. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so yeah. Uh, it's very contemplative. And uh, mm. to, to go to the Southeast Asia, I have to mention, uh, what's the name of it? Apocalyptic Keys. That's the name of the game. Let me okay. search it. Apocalyptic here. Keys. Apocalypse oh. Keys. It's a game. Keys. Yeah, that. It's a PBTA game. Uh, okay, yeah, yeah. I can find it easily. Oh, yeah. I mean, again, 350 games. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, we'll, 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 have, we'll have a look for it. But yeah, so can you tell us a bit about Apocalypse Keys? It's so you got like class, you got playbooks, and, and what's the what's yeah. the theme that we're after? The theme, good question. How yeah. can I summarize that? Yeah, I, tricky I one. Cannot, I cannot. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> uh, has it got a style or something? What what what, stri- what stri- strikes you about Apocalypse Keys? Is it just its own thing? Yeah, they have a mechanic that. Uh, mm. Oh, Evil Hat is actually embracing Apocalypse Keys, if I'm not mistaken. Okay, yeah. So yeah, they're doing fine. Uh, it's Jamila Nejdag. Uh, it's a Southeast Asian cre- mm. creator. I don't yeah. know the pronouns. I think it's they them. I'll go with they them or Jamila. Mm-hmm. Uh, apocalypse yeah. is a, a game about monsters holding back the apocalypse. So they're agents no, that oh. work uh, uh, for a mysterious organization dedicated to understand mm-hmm. the occult, the occult, taming yeah. the supernatural, and protecting the world. And uh, mm. so uh, the mechanics, they they have a spin on the PBTA uh, dice rolls that uh, oh, yeah. the, the best result is in the middle, and uh, mm-hmm. so, but you can uh, kind of raise the stakes and add uh, tokens to mm-hmm. for uh, uh, your bonus on the dice roll. Mm. So if you raise more, you have a, a chance of getting that middle result, but mm. you also increase the chance of like going over. And having right. a partial, a partial success if you go over nine or ten. I don't mm. know exactly oh, how to do it. Okay. So it's so a kind of a blackjack. So you have to middle. Uh, yeah, you have to yeah. for the middle. Or, so or craps sort of thing. Yeah. 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 You're trying so you to have to get high enough, but not too high. Why not too yeah, high? Yeah. Exactly. So I mm. think that the mechanic is very interesting. And, uh, mm. uh, Jamila has a lot of very good games in this list. I encourage mm. you to, to go and look for it. And yeah. I'm very big on solo games, so uh, I'll also shout mm. out Ronin, which is uh, another Brazilian uh, game. Okay, uh, so a solo, about samurai? Uh, about samurai that lost its mm-hmm. honor, and uh, it's a mm-hmm. game about redemption. So you have a scar mm. that you 
play to, to find out what it means. You have a recurring mm -hmm. dream and you go about uh, venturing in this uh, world to try and make peace with the mistakes you made mm -hmm. and confront your nemesis. It's very good. Yeah. And it's a very in good entrance point for people that never experienced solo games before because it's mm -hmm. more of a guided mm -hmm. experience. Yeah. You have the tapes. You don't have to interpret that much. And mm. so you have tables that give you prompts and uh, you play mm. through an adventure. So if you've never experienced solo role-playing game, that's a good starting point. Mm. Okay. Yeah. So I was kind of thinking from the point of view of uh, a gamer who has never really delved into games from, say, the, uh, Brazil, for example, mm. what, what would they expect to find sort of generally? I mean, it sounds like there's a, a very broad range of games, you know, just mm. as broad as there is in any other, any other grouping. So, you know, um, I, I, I kind of think that some people maybe don't investigate things that aren't like immediately in front of them just because mm. they feel that maybe it will be too far outside their experience. And mm. I just kind of wonder what it, what, 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 could they expect to find what sort of range of games? What sort of you know? I I, it's a very it's a very question. I know. I know what yeah, I mean. Yeah. I'm trying to think of how to. It, it, it's tricky because we're sort of looking. Yeah, I, I guess you're sort of asking like, um, you want something that is familiar enough that it's not just going to be. I don't understand what I'm looking at. This is just right. too wild for me to get. Right. Uh, but it's like familiar enough that, it, but not so familiar. That like, well, I might as well just play D and D. Eh? So yeah, I guess they're. Three points to that question. I will try to answer as quick as possible. Yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> so I, we have time. Yeah. No, 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 no. <laughs> One of the things is uh, people in Brazil and the Global South are doing games mm. that are very familiar to the other gener genders of games. So we mm -hmm. have a very strong mm. OSR community doing yeah. traditional Dungeon okay. Crawl Fantasy or a spin mm. on Dungeon Crawl Fantasy. And uh, so you can have uh, familiar experiences that uh, sound using the the same stereotypes and archetypes mm. that people that are playing mm. for generations would find, but with a, a creative twist. Yeah. Uh, right. The second thing is people that are leaning heavily on their local and cultural experiences from their countries. Mm. So we have experiences mm. like uh, Kalimba, which is African inspired through a Brazilian lens. Uh, Brazil has a very strong African uh, descendancy and African influence in culture, food, religion, and, and so on. And uh, in Southeast Asia, Philippines, I, I see lots of games that rely heavily on their myths and their religion mm -hmm. and their superstitions. So that's the second segment of that. Yeah, the yeah. third one that I personally am more interested in is just a variety of different Voices. It's just mm -hmm. like more people. Yeah. Yes. It's just, yeah. Uh, we are. Uh, we when you break out of the circle of the U.S., you just have access to more people in general. They have, of course, a cultural background that is dif is different. They have different yeah. experience, but uh, mm. mostly they have different voices, mm. and then they have something yeah. to show about themselves that not necessarily uh, reflect their country as a whole. Mm -hmm. But yeah. uh, you just have the opportunity to see what other people are doing. So my games, I don't think they are super, I don't know, Brazilian in a way. No. But if you didn't break mm. through the walls of the U.S., you couldn't find my mm. games. Right, yeah. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. right. So that's mm. the three things that you can find 
uh, outside of the main uh, the main street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So looking to break out of sort of the silo in Seattle, where there's just <laughs> so many huge role playing game companies. As like so, as like there's there, there are creators outside mm. of that part of the Western United States. Yeah, we're pretty yeah. sure. <laughs> and uh, we're taking risks, uh, and mm. uh, we're experimenting a lot. So I have a game you play yeah. while you're sleeping. Uh, I have a game <laughs> on a month. No, sorry, sorry. I, I, I gotta I gotta stop you there. You have a game you play while you're sleeping. Yeah, I do. I need to know more about this because <laughs> yeah, this sounds my, like my sort of game. <laughs> it's my best-selling game. I have to be honest with you. No, is it? It, it is. Yeah, I, that was an, an idea I had. One of those yeah. things you you just you know you have to create just to make sure it exists. Mm. And I I mm. didn't think it would resonate with anybody, but I was wrong. It did, and uh, <laughs> it's I have it in Portuguese and English, and it's being translated to Spanish. To be released in Spain, really, in a physical format. So yeah. my wildest idea became a reality, and people kind of liked it. It's <laughs> you do, you do have to, you do have to tell us now that how do you play a game while you're sleeping? How does that work? Yeah, so, yeah. <laughs> the, the the shortest pitch pitch I can give you is I gamified lucid lucid dream. Right. Okay. Right. So yeah, hmm. you. I have uh, a layer of uh, Amazon myth. Fantasy on top mm-hmm. of a gamification of Lucid Dreaming. So you're, okay. a, you're a hired as a soldier of one of these, uh, entities that live in the, the dreamland mm-hmm. to fight against another entity, the, the evil entity that's trying to dominate, uh, the, the dreamland. So right before you go to bed, you are given a task by a random table that you, uh, you don't need to roll dice. You look at two digits on your watch, on your phone, mm-hmm. add them together, you get a result from 0 to 14. So you have to go to a place and perform an activity. Uh-huh. And then you put your headphones on, play some meditative music, go to sleep, yeah. and then you have to lucid dream, get control of your dream, and perform those, that activity wow. while you're asleep. That oh. is some high concept stuff. <laughs> right, so yeah, and, uh, this one is kind of Brazilian because I used some uh, native uh, Amazon indigenous myth, but uh, it, it could as well just yeah, be yeah. a lucid dreaming, and uh, you wouldn't have the access to this trip if you didn't yeah, know yeah. that I create games, right? Yeah, yeah. So yeah, we experiment a lot. Hmm. Wow, yeah. I mean, that sound, that crunching sound you might have heard was the sound of my mind. Shifting paradigms without a clutch is like, what? Ah, <laughs> oh, interesting. That's crazy. I love that. I love that experience, but. Yeah, it's called a Neuronaut and uh, it's a, a, available on it. Yes. Mm. Yeah. Oh, perfect name as well. Yeah. So, how yeah. many games was it you said you'd made? It was a, quite a few. Well, just last year I made 10 games. Wow. I'm, 10 uh, games in one year. Yeah. I'm around 20 right now. Right. Uh, nice. Con- considering Portuguese ones and, and English ones. Mm-hmm. And uh, actually, I uh, made a decision uh, like six months mm-hmm. ago to quit my job and go full-time game design. Oh, I'm cool. very happy with the decision. I'm mm-hmm. moneyless, penniless, but I'm so glad. <laughs> and you, ne- and you never get to leave the house anymore. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but that's okay. I'm so happy. And uh, I, uh, when I made the decision, uh, there was... And I was able to release a lot of games, and uh, mm. I uh, actually was releasing a game every other week. 
Mm. So, uh, Scraps, wow. which is a game, it's a 70 page game I wrote, mm. uh, created, wrote, designed, laid out, tested, and released in six days. Yeah. So you do everything yourself, do you? Yeah. All of that, yeah. right? All I'm of that. Running mm. a one man show. Uh, for a lack of yeah. resources, really. So I had to rely yeah. on public domain images. Yeah. yeah. I illustrated my latest, latest release of, with uh, public domain comic books from the 50s and the 60s. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, uh, another one, I used artificial intelligence generated images to, to illustrate my games. Right, right. So we have to make mm. do with uh, the tools we have available. Mm. Yeah. But yeah. well, it sounds great that that's actually working out because, um, I think the decision to go full time as an RPG designer is, Mm, is, 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 you know, I remember when I, I did it and I, I, I have friends who have done the same thing and for some of them it's worked and some of them it definitely hasn't worked out. It's, uh, right, right. Yeah. Right. So it's fantastic to hear it has. So mm. what's, what's next? What's, have you got, mm, have you got more planned? Of course you have. Yeah. Otherwise. yeah. <laughs> you know, I had, uh, before I had, uh, I made a decision mm. to go full time. I had a backlog mm. of ideas. Mm. of like uh, nine years of frustration that I didn't have the time to develop my game. So mm. I have to take a look on uh, over that to see if I'm excited with some of the ideas I still have. But I have something on the pipeline for next year. Right now I'm uh, in the middle of removing, so everything is crazy and I right. don't have time to... I have to finish Starlight Riders for the print of the men version. But I can tell you that mm. I am releasing a game early 2022 with mm. Shy. I don't know if you're familiar with that company. They, they make not. wallet games. They're 18 oh. card okay. games right, right. Yeah. Uh, that go on a small folding oh, yeah. wallet that you put in your pocket. Yeah. They're all 18 cards. Mm. And they nice. uh, released, their, they had a challenge for their first 18 card tabletop game. Mm. And Ooh. I participated in the challenge. They got 72 entries and I won. Oh, so, hey, good Yeah. Luck. So, uh, early 2022, I'll be on my first Kickstarter. Excellent. Because Button Chai is in the United States. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, and it's, it, the working title is, I guess this is it. Mm. It's a two player game about saying goodbye. All right. All right. So you role play. The last moments that you and somebody you were related to, it can be a friend, a lover, a relative, a colleague, and you're saying goodbye. You're not going to see each other again mm-hmm. ever for, in, for a number of reasons you can decide. So it's a very sad game. And, uh, mm-hmm. I wasn't expect to win because when a company decides to release their first role playing game, I thought they would go for something a little bit more. I don't know, broader They decide to go to a two-player game that you're probably going to cry by the mm-hmm. end of the... But uh, they saw something there, and uh, it's a very it's a very strong game in terms of feelings, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm very excited about it. They shared with me some of the art they hired for the cards, uh, and wow, they look amazing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's... Uh, if you are into very intense experiences when you're role playing, uh, mm. I think this is a game you might want to look at. Right, right. And one of the things on the pitch for this contest, this challenge, was I want to have good card play and good role play. So there is mm. an aspect of card play, decisions you have to make 
because by the end of the game, you want to have the same amount of cards in both of your hands mm. and the least amount of cards in both of your hands. The both symbolizes that you you got a chance to say everything you had to you had to say before saying goodbye, and that you mm. didn't dominate the conversation and didn't let the other person talk as well. Mm. So it's a game of those moments mm. when you have a lot to say, but uh, you're about to say goodbye. You know your time is short and the goodbye is coming. So uh, mm. yeah, I am, I'm aiming to this very intense experience. Mm. So expect that early 2020. That's on Kickstarter. And it was called again. I guess this is it. I guess yeah. this is it. Kickstarter early 2022. Yeah, uh, can I talk a little bit about your process then? Because, um, you, with like uh, 10 games in one year, I'm fascinated uh, how, how someone could possibly do that. Cause I can't imagine writing 10 games in one year. So do you tend to work on them one at a time? Do you like uh, work on multiple games at the same time? What's your, how, how does it work for you? So yeah, I have a, a continuous backlog of uh, what ifs in my mind. Right. Like, uh, what if we had a game that used Tetris as a crafting mechanism? Mm. What if we had a game that has no objectives? What if we had a game that you play while you're sleeping? So those, mm. those are things that keep on my mind. Yeah. And then, uh, a cross reference with something completely different and they come to fruition. And when they do, they come very fast. But I think that is due to something that I, have decided that I never ever second guess myself. Right. And mm. uh, so I might have, I might change my game. That's okay. Mm. I might decide that something that I wrote needs to be rewritten, of course. But mm. when I have an idea, I don't stop to say, um, is, this, is, this, is this good enough? Mm. Is this, mm. uh, should I do it differently? No, I go said, for yeah. it. Yeah. I mm. go it through the end. And mm-hmm. then, looking at the context of the game, I decide if I need to make changes. changes yeah, yeah. So this yeah. allows me to like sit down and write a game in two days, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. lay out everything else in the next next day. Yeah, yeah. You've got a really clear vision of what you're trying to achieve creatively. Yeah, yeah. And my games yeah. are very light, so uh, mm. that's uh, I'm a. I can say that I'm a lazy game designer, but uh, I I. It's not that I don't like crunch. I was. Listening to Spencer Campbell mm. talking about uh, the the in between of crunch games and light games, uh, called the uh, chewy games, which is they have an amount of uh, mechanics mm-hmm. that they are only there to support that one particular experience that you're trying to mm. achieve with yeah, a, yeah. a particular game. Yeah, so you focus on an emotional experience you want. And yeah, everything has got to be there in support of achieving that emotional right. experience. Yeah, exactly. So if I write a game about, uh, like, scraps, it's a game, like yeah. a non-violent game about uh, crafting on a post-apocalyptic, hopeful society. So it's a pastoral yeah. fantasy, everything. Mm. I only have a single dice roll mechanic and a couple mm-hmm. of moves that support that one experience. I'm not mm. going to fiddle with uh, uh, death. There's no character yeah. there. There is no harm. There is no defense. There is no combat. There is no falling mm-hmm. from what happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not yeah. interested in those things. So this leaves me a lot of room to focus exclusively on the things that I want my game to, mm. to yeah. promote. You know. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you're kind of trying to simulate 
a particular experience as opposed to something like D&D, which is trying to simulate a world. Yeah. And all the different things you might do in that world, whereas right. you're like, so, right, this is right. what this game is about. Yeah. That's another thing. I go very lightly on the uh, uh, world building. I'm, mm. I'm a kind of mm. a player that likes to experience emergent world building when I play games. Yeah. So Start I, off simple and then the right. natural complexity emerges as you play. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So I give prompts. So this is a game that there is no violence, there is a apocalypto, there are ruins, that you mm-hmm. live uh, amongst marvelous beasts and nature, and most of the world is unknown. Mm-hmm. Go for it and explore and fill in the gaps for yourself. Mm-hmm. That's my kind of mm-hmm. game. So uh, mm-hmm. it helps releasing games that as fast as, mm-hmm. as I do as well, because I mm-hmm. what's the 10th? Gods that I have to put in my pantheon. That's, mm, that never right, happens. Yeah, sure, yeah. sure. <laughs> so, yeah. of all the, all the games that you've written, are there any that you'd revisit and maybe do a sequel to, expand on? Is there any any that you think I really like that one and I'd like to I'd like to do more with it, or are you just happy with them as they are? I don't think I will do. No, I have what I call uh, the paper airplane game design philosophy. Right, trademark. So, <laughs> what I Tell mean us by more about that, the paper, airplane. yeah, yeah, yeah. What I mean by that, I get fa- fascinated with a new design. So I'm mm. folding this this new paper plane. I'm experimenting with folds and everything, and I'm fascinated by it. And I have this in my hand for a, a second. Mm-hmm. What I do is I open the window and I threw it through the window, right, and I right. admire as it flies. When it yeah. lands. I'm done. If somebody picks it up, wants to unfold it and do something else, I'm mm-hmm. very happy with it. If this person wants to just throw this airplane again and enjoy their flight by their own, mm-hmm. I'm happy with it. Me, myself, yeah. I'm going for the next paper yeah. and trying mm-hmm. to do mm-hmm. another paper airplane. Right, 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 right. So that's mm-hmm. my, my kind of philosophy. I'm always <laughs> fascinated with the next thing I, I, I want to do. Yeah, so, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, what's, what was the, one that you mentioned earlier, the, the, the latest one that you'd released? Starlight Rider. Yes. Could you tell yes. us a little about that one? Yeah, mm. sure. Uh, it's a, uh, space western game about mm. heists across mm. the galaxy. That's a lot oh. of words that I like, all in one sentence. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. So, yeah, I, uh, I was totally externally motivated to create this game because mm. I stumbled upon a, a jam on each. A space Western jam. Mm. And, uh, I knew near to nothing about space Western, but the two words yeah. combined really ringed, uh, uh, resonated with me. Mm. So I yeah. went to and, uh, asked for some advice and uh, suggestions mm. for media to consume. So I watched Cowboy Bebop and, uh, uh, what else? Galaxy Riders, the name, the, the cartoon, the 80s cartoon and, uh, mm-hmm. some, some other stuff. And I thought, oh, yeah. this is, this is pretty cool. And, uh, mm. I always wanted to, to write my own heist game. Mm, I yeah. love Blades in the Dark and, uh, yeah, PBTA, yeah. Uh, the, the, the Forged in the Dark philosophy. Yeah, the, right? the, the storytelling games. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's yeah. very good. But for mm. me, uh, there's too much, too many moving parts, uh, right. or the okay. kind of game I, I like to play and I like to use. Mm. So I, I wanted to do my own. So I did. Mm. And, uh, yes. it's a card driven game. Uh, oh, okay. So we have uh, a custom deck of cards. 
And uh, the thing I think it's most unusual about this game is that the characters are shared. Mm. So uh, we have, when you shared? sit down, shared, yeah, we sit down to play, the three of us, we come up with a team, a mm-hmm. high team, much like Ocean's Eleven will do. Uh, we need uh, uh, someone to talk to people, but uh, mm-hmm. on the, the Space of Western um, vibe, so we have a gunslinger, we have a pilot, we mm-hmm. have a rascal. We decided yes. on a, a team, it can be like five, six uh, characters, and mm-hmm. every turn you can decide which character you want to roleplay. So okay. we Not switch... Bad. Sounds fun, yeah. Yeah, we switch mm. characters among each other. Yeah. And uh, the motivation behind that was every time I read a game that had classes or playbooks, mm. I was always very excited to play like six of them. Right. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Oh, this sounds so fun, but if I decide this one, I, I'm... Then I have to play that one for the next six weeks. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I thought, what if, that's one of the what ifs that yeah. was in my mind, what if we had a game that you don't have to make that decision? Yeah. And, uh, yes. You have to, you'd have the, the opportunity. Okay, you eat it. I love yeah. that. It's yeah. like a kind of yeah. inverse troop play or something, isn't it? Yeah. 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 Okay. Yeah. Every, everyone loves nice. uh, an archetype for different reasons. Mm. So, uh, maybe mm. the gun, someone loves the gunslinger because you want to shoot people. Fine. Mm. Maybe you love the gunslinger because of the cool look and, uh, mm. the mannerisms they have. Mm-hmm. So when mm. you activate the gunslinger, you have the opportunity to add something, add a trait, a quirk, or an right, aspect right. of that character that you're most interested in. So mm-hmm. I want to provide this experience when you when you play a heist. Well, this game mm-hmm. sounds amazing. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not Thank just saying you. that because you're, because you're here. It does sound amazing. <laughs> I do want to play it. <laughs> Available on itch.io. Uh, or itch.io, or itch, it whatever there. it's called, yes. Yeah. 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 Thank you, Rusty. Yeah. <laughs> so this is my first game that's going to come on a box, a box mm. set, print on demand, of course, because you know that's what I have. But mm. uh, I uh, came across the Game Crafter, which, which is a oh, yeah, yeah, print yeah. on demand website for board mm. games. Mm-hmm. So oh, okay. the box set will have the the book, which is eighty eight pages, two mm. uh, one hundred forty four cards, the custom, yeah. custom deck, because we mm. have the, the abilities of the characters in your hand. That you have mm. to play, and you have the the locations and the prizes and the marks mm. and, yep. and uh, all the moments you have on display on cards. We will have tokens, and you have some uh, rocket shaped dice as well. Excellent. <laughs> so, to summarize, it's a box set space western card driven RPG. Car- card driven, where you do heists. Yes. And so forth. Yes. I, and, and you get to play yeah. different characters. It sounds yes, amazing. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> the PDF is already released with, uh, also I provided print and play version of all the yeah. cards. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. also the PNG for every individual card. So if you're planning on playing mm-hmm. on a VPT, mm-hmm. you can do it. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, I'm talking with a, a friend of mine. So we're planning on releasing, planning, no, not planning. We are releasing. Yes. After I move, uh, tabletop simulator version. Of Ooh, this game. Right. Oh, right. So you right. can play online. Yeah. 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 Ooh. Very nice. Yeah. 
That that sounds absolutely one hundred percent wild. Um, <laughs> yeah. when, I'm, I'm just like, when can we get the actual box set? When is that? Yes, I guess two weeks. Two weeks, oh. right? Yeah, yeah. Right. I'll be doing it. I will be buying that yeah. box set in two weeks. I, I, I was <laughs> thinking, it's like, oh wow, this is ticket. Taking a lot of boxes for us, and he said, "Box out." Like, yes, know. yeah, just yeah, adding the box. That's one guaranteed sale. Yeah. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. Yeah, I yeah. don't know how much it will cost, but I guarantee that I won't take any cuts on that because if you buy the PDF, mm. I'm providing yeah. an at cost coupon for the print on demand because yeah. I realize that the worst thing about that is the most expensive item that I have on my box set mm. is the box. Yeah. Can you yeah, believe that? Yeah. 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 It's yeah. wild at the moment. Yeah. Yeah. It is. So, uh, well, that's the thing I have to do. But, uh, anyways, I hope, uh, it's worth it because I put my heart in, in this game. I played mm. uh, with, uh, my wife and my niece. Mm, they had yeah. a blast. They asked to play yeah. again. And, uh, I think it, it really works. And this is mm. the game I spend the most time with. Uh, partially because I'm uh, actually moving, so uh, my life is upside down. Yeah, and yeah. If I took the camera and spin around, you yeah. wouldn't recognize. <laughs> <how>. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it sounds yeah. peaceful with this background, but it isn't. <laughs> so I uh, actually I'm a little late releasing the game. I uh, promised to the box set like for ten days ago, but I yeah. think people can read the PDF times. now and get yeah. used to the game mm. and uh, expect the, the box to Right, right. Okay, yes. then. So we need to wind up. So just very yeah. lastly, let's just touch back on the whole Global South thing. So um, where yeah. where is where is the best place for people to go to support creators in the Global South? Yes. Where, where should we be looking? Right. A good start. Uh, it sounds a little pretentious, but it isn't. I promise. Mm. It's much bigger than me. Uh, a good start mm. is the collection that I put out on, mm. uh, on mm. H.io. Yeah. Because there, uh, not only you have access to 358 games from the Global South, mm-hmm. you have access to the creators behind them. And mm. every single yeah. one of them links their own profile on Twitter right. on their creators page. Right. So yeah. uh, you can, uh, with low effort, Start to curate your own online experience of consuming content mm-hmm. from those creators. If you start to follow these people, mm-hmm. and then you and can branch off as you wish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You yeah. can retweet them. You can raise their voices to your own audiences. You can know firsthand when they're releasing something that I might have missed on my collection because there's no automated process. I literally go one by one when I see a release. I yeah. have the collection mm-hmm. by hand. It's it's all manually done. It, yeah. Yes, mm. and I have just like ten games there, and most of it is uh, from different people. Mm. So I just I'm doing it because I could. I had the chance mm. on my hands. I uh, actually I have to say this before we we sign up. Momatos, mm. uh, it's uh, she she they. Oh my god, I lost. I think it's they. They released uh, across. RPGC.com or across-RPGC.com, it, which is when I started doing this collection, I went to this website, mm. which is a website to, to promote creators from Southeast Asia. Yeah. And they have mm. a, a great amount of, uh, of games there. So I went one by one and looked into each to see if the games were there and put all the games there. There's Emmanuel Melo from Brazil. 
made an uh, an, uh, an niche collection with Brazilian games. Yeah. Put everything mm -hmm. there. So what I did actually, I I'm standing on the shoulders of giants because I took <laughs> everything that people did before me and I put mm -hmm. it on a global sales huge collection. Mm -hmm. So shout mm -hmm. out to them to to doing this first and. If you know of anyone that created a game and they identify themselves from the Global South, including people that are from the Global South that now live mm. in a different country, mm. it's totally valid, just shout out at me on Twitter. I don't curate, I don't select, I don't think anyone is worth more than mm. any other. I just yeah. put it in there. Welcome all in there. Yeah, welcome yeah. all Fantastic. Fantastic. And fingers crossed, hopefully Kickstarter will come to its senses and start yes. offering its services to more countries soon. Sounds mm -hmm. amazing. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, thank you so much for coming on. Yes. It's been a blast. It's been, yeah. it's been amazing. I, yeah, I've, I've had real fun. I've really enjoyed talking to you. Yes. When, right. when, when you next, have, when you next have something to announce, let us know. You're yes. More than sure, happy to. Happy to. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah. And we will we will talk again. Bye. Apparently, I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo. Off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. Russ writes a sketch, like, every week. I, I am like, hilarious, and you know it. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who doesn't think so is just wrong. <laughs> right. <laughs> I see, you can't really argue that sort of unquestionable belief. <laughs> <laughs> but it's right. I make myself laugh, and uh, I'm happy with that.